0: Outside Lawrence on their way to California, some Kansans had murdered his older brother and left him for dead. Nursed back to health by an Indian, Charlie Hart vowed to track down and kill his assailants. And he said he had done it, killed more than 20, shot them between the eyes. The Quaker abolitionists he had lured to the Missouri farm were the last of his brother's killers, he said. Not a word of Hart's story was true. He didn't even have an older brother. But it was a good tale, well told, and it got him invited into the county's best homes. He became what he had always dreamed of becoming a hero. To the people of Lawrence, Kansas, however, Hart remained a common thief, and in late November of 1860, the last year of peace for the nation, A warrant was issued for Hart's arrest. The charges were kidnapping, horse-stealing, burglary, larceny, and arson. Hart eluded the sheriff, and by the time he returned to Lawrence three years later to take revenge against the town he believed had wronged him, he was using his true name, William Clark Quantrill, a name soon to be linked with the greatest atrocity of the Civil War. By then, Quantrill was more than a thief. He was a cold-blooded killer, gunning down Union soldiers and civilians, showing no mercy or remorse. Plundering, burning, murdering, Quantrill earned a reputation as the bloodiest man in American history, waging his personal war under the protection of the Confederate flag. It was a war against the world driven by hatred and a desire to avenge himself against everyone he imagined had maligned him. He vowed to get them all. He wasn't lying about that. William Clark Quantrell didn't look like a killer. There was no feral mask of madness, no savage sneer, no half-demented stare. At age 23, when he rode into Lawrence for the first time in the spring of 1860... He'd retained his boyish good looks. He stood a little shy of six feet tall, though he appeared shorter because of his slouch. He weighed about a hundred and sixty pounds, slender but well-built. Some people remember him as handsome, with a Roman nose, a deeply tanned face, and blonde, almost yellow hair. He was smooth-shaven, with a firm jaw and a smile that could be as faint and beguiling as the Mona Lisa's. His eyes were his most memorable feature, either gray or blue, depending on who was doing the telling, and hooded by deeply drooping lids. He looked perpetually tired, even weary, some said, but to others the hooded lids made him seem dangerous, even cruel. If there was any hint of a killer. It was in those eyes. Boyhood friends recall the strange gleam in his eyes whenever his father, the school's principal, whipped his son for making trouble in the classroom. The boy would return to the room trembling, his murderous eyes glittering. But he never cried. As a child, Bill Quantrell was a monster, as cruel and merciless with animals as he would later be with people and equally without pity or remorse. He liked to torture animals, delighting in their cries of pain as they died. He nailed snakes to trees and shot pigs through the tips of their ears, laughing as the creatures squealed and ran berserk. He tied cats together by their tails and threw them over a clothesline, watching, transfixed, as they clawed each other to death. While walking through a farmer's field... He'd been known to slice open the side of a cow casually, or to stab a horse. He used to keep small snakes in his pocket and toss them at his sister and the other girls at school, enjoying their horror. He locked the teenaged housekeeper of the Catholic Church in the belfry and threw away the key. The child spent a terrifying 24 hours imprisoned without food or water until she was found. Quantrill thought it was a pretty good joke. Mostly, though, he led a solitary life, wandering in the woods with a rifle to shoot small game.